So, Doug, did you have any uh, particular background that you wanted to fill in, or sure, I'll, I'll tell you. Well, I'll tell you the backstory on the game if you want. It's uh, sure. you know, they always tell authors write what you know, and so this is uh, <laughs> uh, more or less. <laughs> this is nonfiction based on a, a place I worked in the early '90s, about 12 years before I wrote the game. Okay. Um, everything, everything, with the exception of the supernatural elements, is real. And wow. I am not, uh, I'm not, you know, the supernatural elements may be real also. I just don't have any evidence. <laughs> you never found the... Uh... I never found the, the book of vampires or anything. Okay. That was a spoiler, I think. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, they'll know soon enough. All right. <laughs> and uh, as we play, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about some of the other uh, bits of my work history that I left out of this game. There's this... Oh, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> This all sounds like it's going to get disgusting. <laughs> so, um, where where were you working at the time? This was a restaurant in Seattle. Okay. I um, I'm not going to name the restaurant. It's not actually sure. named. It's not actually named after the same restaurant. Um, you know, in my when I was in my twenties, I went through a period where I was uh, trying to find myself, if you will, and I worked in the food business for about a decade and uh and so i had a lot of experiences there i also for a while thought i wanted to be a health inspector and so i wrote i rode uh i rode in the car with the local health inspector in seattle and i uh, got some got some interesting stories that way too oh, wow <laughs> yeah i bet health inspectors have some good stories yeah, well, the one the the woman I rode with, she said at one time she had dodged uh, one one of the places she was inspecting. The owner held a knife to her. <gasps> oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, huh. um, but it, you know, I've I've always had a fascination with health inspectors, and I actually when I when I was done writing Inflicted, the next the next thing I worked on was a um, I actually wrote a n novel where the main character is a health inspector. And I never um, I never got around to, it's finished more or less, I never got around to publishing it. I guess now that I've got this free publicity on Clash yeah. of the Titans. Oh, yeah, you should throw that up, Gramble throw that to up throw on it Smashwords up. and Amazon, and yeah. then listeners go buy Doug's book about the health inspector. <laughs> I'll have to scramble, yeah. Yeah. It's okay, Ryan won't edit and release this for another, like, 12 months. Right. <laughs> Okay, well that that'll give me time to go through and make sure that the mat, that I uh, put in all the corrections that my workshopping group told me to put in on the manuscript. So yeah, let me know if you want free proofreading. Uh, oh, that's good to know. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, may, I'll maybe I send it to you. Cool. Okay. And it looks like Ryan's got a book up too. I'll have to put in a plug for Ryan's book. You've got motorcyclists. Uh, yes. Up right now. Okay. That's a real thing. Yeah. So that's plugging Ryan's book. It's a good book. Oh, I have a signed copy. Sure it is. I'm cool. Oh, I'll put it on my uh, Amazon wish list for Christmas this year, maybe. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. Okay, so now I don't have my book is not out yet. Um, What's you, your book called, Jenny? It's uh, so it's the f it's 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 porn. It's the first installment of the Horny Princess Adventures. So I don't know if there's going to be a lot of crossover with the podcast listeners, who I assume I are know. very clean people. Well, that may that may uh, lend itself to an interactive fiction. Also, you could do a <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you could do a whole multimedia event. I could. You could release a CD-ROM. 
I absolutely could. I could do a uh, smell-o-vision. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, segue coming. You know what should also be in smell-o-vision? This game, Afflicted. Afflicted should be, yeah, because I did implement the smell command in every room, and uh, so it should be fun. That would be so gross. So for those of you who have not played this game yet, you are a health inspector, and the restaurant you are inspecting is maybe the worst restaurant. But we're going to get into that, and we should do that right now. Yeah, all right. So I've got it. I just pulled it up, and do you want me to start reading here? Sure. Yeah. All right. The status line at the top says 9 a.m., 19th Street, rating zero. This has never been your favorite part of town, nor is this neighborhood the safest one. But as a city sanitarian, you are charged with completing an annual health and safety inspection of every restaurant in your district. Each day, you visit three or four restaurants. During those visits, you take note of potential health code violations in your trusty notepad. Today's first target, Nikolai's Bar and Grill. A hazy sun barely peeks over the three-story tenements. Afflicted, an interactive fiction by Doug Egan. Uh, no, you want me to... Re- I know, the release yes. numbers. All right. Release... <laughs> I never... Maybe you can explain this to me after I read it. Um, okay. Release one <laughs> slash serial number 080906 slash inform seven build 5T18. Wow. What? We haven't done a 5T18. I didn't know that was a real thing. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, I6 slash V6.31 LIB6 slash 12 in. Yay. Phew. Okay. So uh, I don't know what any of those numbers mean. Yeah. Except that the serial number is actually just the date it was compiled. Okay. So 080906, does, what does that mean? That's uh, year 080906, September 2008, I guess. Is that right? Um, Because it wouldn't... I don't know. (laughs) I wrote this... this, I don't know. I think I wrote this in about four or five months. I had just... um, I just entered something in the Spring Thing competition the same year that it took me four years to write. And then this took me about four uh, four months. Um, The the Spring Thing entry was... um, That was written in I-6... And, oh, wow. and uh, this was an informed seven. I, I guess that helped to make it faster. This is also <laughs> a much shorter game. And uh, I, I think, frankly, it's a better game and it's a game more people have played. So it's de- I definitely have no idea what your other one is. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can go back to it. It's Pascal's Wager. It's got uh, okay. it's you know, it's a good game for what it is, but it's it had some design flaws. It was my starter game. Hmm. Does so, Pascal never actually make the wager? Um, the conceit in that game is that you, uh, you know, Pascal's wager, uh, historically, philosophically, Pascal says, you know, we should believe in God because um, we get better, you know, if it's true, mm-hmm. we get to go to heaven. If it's not true, we don't. Um, so make the wager. And uh, in the game, there's six different gods, and uh, you have to pray to the right God oh, in order to get into heaven. And it's a lot of it's random, and it's a lot of it's trial by dying, and it's it's a it's a good criticism philosophically, but it's a very poor game design, I think. Mm-hmm. That's so. why I'm not a polytheist. Yeah. Yeah. You got to you got to yeah you got to make your wager and just stick with it. I think. You know? Yep. All right. So anyway, 
type about at any time to see the game instructions and other notes from the author. 19th Street. You are standing in front of Nikolai's Bar and Grill on 19th Street. A green awning shades the smudged window into Nikolai's dining room. The front entrance is north of you. The east-west sidewalk here is cracked and uneven, pocked by clumps of crabgrass. A storm gutter is built into the curb, littered with broken bottles. Across the street, a neon sign flickers erratically. A few cars are parked nearby, including yours, but otherwise you see no evidence that anyone visits this neighborhood past daybreak. An aluminum placard is fixed to the front door. A damp sheet of newspaper has blown against the curb. Okay, so... Uh, I don't know if you've ever watched a movie, but <laughs> the thing that is on that newspaper is going to oh. be relevant to this uh-huh. story. Yeah, we better look at that. Okay. <laughs> Examine newspaper. The newspaper scrap is warm and damp, rendering it almost unreadable. Uh, you know what? I... I Implemented read is separate from, I'll assume that you meant read, and I'll type in read newspaper. Okay. Uh, First, taking the newspaper. Taken, you read. Sophia Koziar, a dancer at Hannibal's Exotic Review, disappeared early Friday morning after leaving her place of employment. Miss Koziar immigrated to the U.S. from the Ukraine on a student visa seven years ago, then remained in this country illegally after completing her bachelor's degree in the fine arts. Police have no leads in the investigation. The other articles on the page are illegible. Oh, well, oh. you were wrong, Ryan. That's yeah, not that... going to be relevant to us in our work as a city sanitarian. I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else. <laughs> it's okay. You know, this. Uh, this while you're waiting to give your next command, this uh, brings up something kind of uh, interesting about your podcast. Is It's a strange thing having IF authors read their work. Because if I'd known you guys were going to call me and wanted to hear an interactive story, I could have put one together in about two hours instead of taking four months to wrangle a parser. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Well, next time we'll do that. All right. (laughs) Okay. So what do we want to do, Ryan? Are we ready to go inside? Oh, yeah. Let's go inside the door. Oh, let's read the aluminum plaque on the door. Okay. Okay, read placard. You read in big red letters, closed. Oh. Okay. Uh, Let's examine ourselves, actually. Oh, good idea. X me. You are the city health inspector looking quite natty in your polyester shirt and vintage knit tie. And vintage knit... Vintage knit tie. Oh, vintage knit tie. Vintage knit tie, yeah. It's like, what is a vintage knit tie? Sorry, I'll try to speak more clearly now. (laughs) That's okay. Uh, the do we lips, have any inventory? The teeth, the tip of the tongue. <laughs> so I'm not. Uh, this is spoilers, but someone made me say the six, the six, six sheep, six sheep. That one. Yeah. Tongue yeah. twister. Yeah. Yesterday it was Jeremy Freeze. Jeremy Freeze. That jerk. Yeah. Oh, when you on the podcast, you mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I only heard the first half of that podcast, though. Oh, no, he made Jenny say that on a different podcast. He wasn't even there. He wasn't even there. And as if from beyond the grave, he forced (laughs) Jenny to say this inconvenient series of syllables. I guess if someone's going to haunt you, there are worse things they could do. I want to Um, point out that Jeremy isn't dead. 
I don't think yeah, that doesn't mean he doesn't have a grave. I mean, we don't want to judge his lifestyle. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just go into the building regardless of it being closed because okay. of your health inspector. Enter. What do you want to enter? Well, that's a bad parser. Enter door. First opening the front door, first unlocking the front door. You lack a key that fits the front door. Oh, uh, man. They're not going to make it easy for us, huh? Do we have any inventory? Inventory. You carry a newspaper and a notepad. Okay. I don't uh, remember this puzzle. <laughs> there's an east and a west. I remember this puzzle, but I'm afraid I remember one of the bad solutions. There are bad solutions? I don't remember very well. Okay. Listen, the last time I played this game was on August 9th. 2010. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, let's try going east. East. 19th Street East. A street front window looks into Nikolai's bar. If you want into the bar, you'll have to go back to the restaurant entrance, which is west of here. There are no cars on this end of 19th Street. The sidewalk is uneven. A curbside storm gutter empties here into the graded storm drain. Um, let's look at the window. Look at window. The window is marked by dozens of greasy fingerprints and years of accumulated scratch marks. It should certainly be cleaned if not replaced, but you can still look through well enough. And I'm going to just take, right, look through. Sure. Since I'm assuming that's what you meant anyway. Um, through the window, you see the bar. A trapezoid light falls on the cork dance floor. Behind the bar is a dinky two-basin sink and an attached faucet. In the rinse basin are some, is some ice. A middle-aged woman, slight in build, is seated at the bar counter. She has fallen asleep. You also see a stereo. Now, right. let me mention a little IF design here. If I were to rewrite this, I wouldn't implement the whole window when you look through. I would only implement the woman asleep there because mm. she's the only thing that's really important right now. Yeah, sure. Is this Do the thing where in Informs Avenue you can like put the the other room in scope when you do that? I, I did something like that, but and uh, it. Uh, I think for the purpose of the interactive fiction, I think that was a mistake. I think I really want to focus the player on the woman, yeah. and um, also because I had players in the playtesting who tried to interact with things in the room and were frustrated because you can't. You know, sure. only, it's only in scope if you're looking at it. And. Um, uh... The players uh, are notorious for not understanding how windows work. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why can't I touch that? I can see it through the window. Um, can we? Uh, can we make a note of the window? Ooh. Okay. So note window. You write, exterior windows are filthy. Should be cleaned in the notebook. Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped two points. And uh, then up in the rating on the status bar, it says rating minus two. Um, this mechanic right here is why this is my favorite interactive fiction game of all time. Well, and I'll say I have I like that I like that mechanic also, and I haven't seen any other games that ever gave a negative score. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also don't have most most games that use scoring will tell you what the maximum score is. This one never 
never tells you what the maximum minimum oh. score is. And I'm not sure I ever calculated it. So I, I wouldn't mm. be able to tell you what the minimum score is. Oh, interesting. So optimizers out there, yeah. get on it. Well, Ryan, Ryan may have taken that idea when he did the Captain Vegetaire's plunder. Um, I think that there is a, a different thing having to do with the score that we'll see later that I uh, used in Taco Fiction mm. that we'll see later. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Can we knock on the window? All right. Knock on window. You knock. Angela wakes, looking startled. When she sees you motioning to the window, she stands. Oh, yeah, it's Angela. Uh, That's Angela. Small omniscient note. How do we know that? Oh, she I think I name, think the name tag. She's got a name, name tag. tag. Right, right. Okay. That's it. That's it. Okay. The health inspector's been back here a couple of times, I suspect. Okay. Um. So, uh, can we? How do we? How do we communicate with her to unlock the door for us? Knock on the window again. Knock on window. Angela moves to the dining room, or I'm sorry, Angela wags her finger, instructing you not to paw at the windows, as if they weren't already filthy. <laughs> Angela, Angela moves to the dining room. Uh, okay. That that's back to the west, right? Yeah. So west, yeah. an aluminum placard is fixed to the front door. Angela opens the door. Oh, good. Uh, let's go inside. Go in. Go inside. You can't go that way. Try north. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, the restaurant area of Nikolai's is relatively small. No more than a dozen four-top tables, many littered with yesterday's crumbs. A larger bar area, the primary source of revenue here, lies to the east. A rickety staircase leads to the small balcony outside Nikolai's office loft. A wide mirror is mounted on the high wall on the wall high above, right near his office entrance. On the south end of the room, a long window provides an unattractive view of the street. The gallery kitchen is north of here. An aluminum placard is fixed to the front door. Angela is gaunt and anemic. She struggles to remain alert. An obese man, Nikolai, the owner, watches you from the balcony. Who's there? Tell him we're closed, Nikolai growls in disgust. Angela cowers. I think it's the man from the health department. She looks at you. We're not open right now. Nikolai growls again. We were just inspected six months ago. Tell him to go away. Without waiting for an answer from either you or Angela, Nikolai turns back into his office and closes the door. Angela shrugs helplessly and begins cleaning the dining room. Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped three points. Just for yeah. being a jerk? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Did we get a room description anywhere in there? Or? Let me look again. You did, but it's hidden by a lot of other stuff. So we'll okay. look again. Uh, the restaurant area of Nikolai's is relatively small, no more than a dozen four-top tables, many still littered with yesterday's crumbs. A larger bar area, the primary source of revenue here, lies to the east. A rickety staircase leads to a small balcony outside Nikolai's office loft. A wide mirror is mounted on the wall high above, right near his office entrance. 
On the south end of the room is a long window providing an unattractive view of the street. The gallery kitchen is north of here. Uh, How would I note those crumbs? Note crumbs. You write, dining room tables need cleaning in the notebook. Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped two points. Um, can we unlock the door from in here? Unlock the door? The unlo- uh, that's unlocked at the moment. Oh, okay. Um, I just remember we might want to go outside again later. I do, too. So south, now back oh, on the street. Not, not right now. Yeah, not, not yet. Right now. Okay, Wait back in the dining room. It. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to wait until you give it an official command. Um, can we go to the bar to the east? Um, go to bar. I, I did not implement the go to command, and I understand Ryan doesn't like the go to <laughs> command. <laughs> we'll try east. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Sunlight from the 19th Street window south casts a bright trapezoidal, uh, a bright trapezoid across the cork dance floor. In every other corner, the brick walls of this unpretentious watering hole are marked by shadows. If you don't mind risking Tomaine poisoning, Nikolai's dining room is to the west. Otherwise, the unisex lavatory is north through a low-ceiling tunnel. A set of naugahyde stools are pushed against the linoleum bar. Behind the bar is a dinky two-basin sink with an attached faucet. In the rinse basin is some ice. Beside the sink is a personal stereo held together largely with duct tape. That ice has got to be a health code violation of some kind. Let's note it. Note ice. You see nothing noteworthy about the ice. Oh, no. Well, let's let's examine it. You found one of the few things in the game that doesn't give a note. X-ice. (laughs) rounded chips of melting ice drain in the sink the pile of ice has a red streak through its center slow gin or perhaps grenadine would make that color streak can we note it now that we've observed (laughs) (laughs) uh still nothing noteworthy okay oh man oh i was sure that was going to be something disgusting you can take the ice yeah okay take ice while scooping through the ice from the rinse basin, you pause in horror. Buried near the drain is a severed human hand. Hey! Oh, man. I, I guess that wasn't... Oh, we got there. We got there so early. <laughs> I guess that wasn't slow gin after all. Uh, well, let's note that as a health code violation. Yeah. Note hand. Uh, <laughs> The severed left hand. The severed left hand is likely evidence of ghastly crime, but you falter when trying to assign it as a particular health code violation. <laughs> you know, a lot of the a lot of the reviewers commented on that and said that that was so ridiculous. But I kind of thought it was one of the good pieces of humor in this story that you couldn't note any of the body parts you find. I laughed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'll remind you at this point that this this restaurant is based on a real restaurant. The layout, the map layout, is mostly taken from my memory of the place. Sure. And um, you'll see one exception in this room that we did not actually have a unisex lavatory. There were two lavatories off of the bar, 
Um, it's just an inform. It's so boring to implement bathrooms that I don't oh, really want to is. Dash. I didn't want to. There's the question of the toilet. Like, are you going to let people use the toilet, and then does it flush? <laughs> and does it flush realistically? Right, right. And I, I noticed that in the latest build of inform, you can't. Uh, they've taken out all the words that you might use to describe that. So uh, <laughs> it's no longer part of the informed vocabulary. Okay. Oh, I figured out what we could get the hand for. It's not wearing a glove. Um, Do you think we should take that with us? Just carry around the hand? Yeah, just carry around a hand. No. No? No. What's the official? (laughs) Well, Ryan says no. Okay. Um, Should we check out the bathroom? I think that if we want our score to get as low as possible, we should definitely. (laughs) All right. All right. So I'll go north into the bathroom here. Lavatory. A low ceiling restroom is painted yellow, the color of urine and bile. (laughs) Its only fixtures are a porcelain toilet, hand sink, soap dispenser, and automatic hand dryer, all mounted low to the floor as if they were reclaimed from an abandoned grade school or this lavatory was designed for alcoholic (laughs) (laughs) 10-year-olds. A Jackson Pollock pattern of vomit is splashed across the back wall of the bathroom, certainly nowhere near the toilet where it was presumed aimed. Okay, note that. Note vomit. You're right. Please, please, please clean up the barf off the bathroom wall in the notebook. Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped two points. Okay. Let's examine the toilet. Examine toilet. The toilet has five, possibly ten or fifteen gallon tank. Who knew that such monumental water guzzlers still existed? But the size of the tank is less your concern than the contents of the basin. A massive quantity of shit and toilet paper threatened to overflow its rim. This toilet probably hasn't been flushed since yesterday's happy hour. Okay. Note. We can note that. Okay. I'm going to have to bleep you guys. Right. <laughs> Bleeping it was all in the game. Things. Let me just, just a second. I'm going to see if it does any synonyms. Oh, okay. yeah. You can use poop if you want. It's, that's a oh. synonym. Oh, okay. Note dookie. I, I don't think I implemented dookie. <laughs> did not. You can't You've got to be more thorough thing. with your implementation, Doug. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm so note, note the note, note dookie. Note poop. Doug's uh, health score. <laughs> Not his health department, his implementation score. His human nose implementation score. Gone down two points. All right. You're right. Clogged toilet. Call plumber in the notebook. Nikolai's sanitation point has, uh, rating has dropped two points. Um, I think that we should look in the tank. Look in tank. Oh, yeah. Maybe there's an upper decker. In the toilet are a wad of toilet paper and some excrement. That's another synonym. Hey. Hey. We can note that. I suspect it's an, a synonym for the word you've already bleeped. Excrement. Oh, okay. uh, note excrement. Note. Can we ex- note the tank? Excrement. Uh, you've already got a related note about the toilet. The ice has completely melted. Oh, that's. Oh, no. <laughs> I must have implemented an ice daemon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The ice has melted. 
see, this is the fun thing about going back to a game eight years later. Is you know, even the author can't remember what they've done. Yeah. <laughs> Let's examine the sink. X sink. A cracked porcelain sink is mounted about two feet above the floor. Its handles have been removed, rendering it useless. Okay, that's a violation. Classy. Note sink. You write, sink handles missing. Call plumber in the notebook. Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped two points. Okay, what's what wrong with that hand dryer? Dispenser? Oh. X hand dryer. i got to get the spelling right. Ham dryer. <laughs> hmm. um, the stainless steel automatic hand dryer is the same model that was common in American service station restrooms half a century ago. A silver button in front invites you to push it. The hand dryer is switched off. Okay, let's push the button. Push button. Nothing happens. The hand dryer is out of order. It has been out of order since the last time you inspected the restaurant, six months ago. Violation! Note dryer. And I will mention it is a whole lot easier to implement a broken hand dryer than it is a working <laughs> oh, hand dryer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you're right. Must repair the hand dryer in the notebook. Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped two points. Okay. Uh, that's eight points just for this bathroom. No, we didn't get the soap dispenser. Oh, yeah. Let's do the soap dispenser. Ex dispenser. It is cra the cracked wall-mounted soap dispenser is equipped with a lever for dispensing. Well, for dispensing whatever the hell Nikolai puts in there. <laughs> uh, um, dare we push it? I think it? we should pull the lever. Pull lever. Nothing obvious happens. Push lever. Nothing comes out. The dispenser is empty. Oh, meanwhile, a cockroach scurries across the floor. <gasps> Note cockroach. Note cockroach. Uh, you write, call the exterminator in the notebook. Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped. I think really we should just burn this place down. That's cool. Uh, make sure we note the soap dispenser before we... Note okay. dispenser. You write, the dispenser is empty. Replace soap in the notebook. Okay, so 12 points. Uh, you're down to 19 below. Woo! Um... Uh, I, have we have we examined everything? Can, can are there any body X, parts? Let me do X all. You can't use multiple can't. objects. I always like games where you can, but this one you can't. I don't know how you would let people. I yes, I do know how. No, I don't know how. <laughs> I remember some of the early games where you could. Uh, you could examine. I, I've seen games where you could examine everything in the room with the X all command. Not this one, though. I don't know how to tell inform that it's okay. I know how to print mm -hmm. an, a, a description, descriptions of everything in the room, but I don't know how you um, short circuit ooh. the parser. Oh, that's, that's stop it. rough, because you'd have to do. You'd have to do understand X is something new, right? No, you might you might just have to put in a loop, um, just to loop through all the objects in the room, and examine them all. Um, I some of that stuff is difficult in Inform Seven because all of the various error messages I don't I don't think they're very well documented. But 
There's yeah, a I lot don't of, know. There's a lot in the, that manual. Where the uh, the explanation of like, oh. well, basically the, the fact that it won't let you use multiple objects with this or that verb. I don't know where okay. where that is controlled. It, it's probably yeah. It's probably just one or two lines of code if you knew which. Yeah. Which how message about, to override? How about you put in an object called all? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Instead of examining all. Uh huh. Do the thing where you print the description of the list of all visible objects. Yeah. In the room. Hmm. If if I ran it, if I wanted to do that, I think what I would do is just go post a note on the inform forum, and somebody else would <laughs> tell me how to do it. They're very helpful. I would ask Emily Bogheim. <laughs> um, all right. Okay. Yeah, we're done. Leave the bathroom. All right. I back so. to the bar. You're back in the bar. Behind the bar is a dinky two-basin sink with an attached faucet. In the rinse basin is a severed left hand. Beside the sink is a personal stereo held largely together by duct tape. You hear a mouse scurrying through the wall. Oh, hey. can we note that? Note mouse. Uh, you call exterminator in the notebook. Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped. Uh, I actually have. I, you can. There's three different kinds of vermin in this place, and I allow the player to note to get points for noting all three. And some of the reviewers thought that was a mistake because it's the same. It's the same message each time. But there are. <laughs> you actually. You can get three three points. Well, the health department has deals with there's diff- different codes. Each, <laughs> yeah. Each extermination yeah. agency. The three the exterminators exterminator. in town. Right. Three exterminators sounds like a. <laughs> I don't like know. Like a something, for sure. Maybe a maybe a prog rock band. Or a Steve uh, Martin movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like that a lot better. Yeah, I would watch that. That's probably pretty funny. I guess it's probably just a parody of the Three Investigators. Except with exterminators. Yeah. Okay. That's, it's like a really niche <laughs> SNL skit. For uh-huh. people who remember the three investigators, it's like, what if they were exterminators? <laughs> and that's the whole joke. <laughs> okay. Um, Can we examine the stereo? Yeah. Okay, X stereo. Um, <clears throat> the stereo is one of those big, barely portable, over-the-shoulder models popular back in the day when Michael Jackson was undergoing his first plastic surgery. This one is held together by duct tape and wire. One of the bartenders probably brought it in to entertain themselves during the slow periods. The stereo is switched off. Oh, let's switch that on. Turn on stereo. Got it. The radio emits a staticky rendition of Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his comets. A tiny brown mouse dashes out of view. I like that it was Bill Haley and his comets. They weren't allowed to be free agent comets in the world. (laughs) I think that Dan Hicks, um, it was Dan Hicks and his hot licks for a while, <laughs> and then it was Dan Hicks and the hot licks. Oh, so he lost his hot licks, but they decided to stick around and record music with him anyway? Uh, I think that like their situation of being enslaved to Dan is still the same, oh. but they just did a PR move of making uh... it look like they had any freedom <laughs> at all. Oh, man. That's free the hot licks. Where, uh, can we note the stereo? Note stereo. 
You see nothing noteworthy about the stereo. That's all right. Um, what about the bar? X bar, uh, which, uh, let's see, X counter. Hmm. Uh, the bar's linoleum countertop is green with a marble-esque pattern. Brown stains give it the appearance of a rotted apple. The song on the radio changes to Rock Around the Clock by Bill Haley and his comets. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was an error, obviously. I think it, I think it changes at random. Um, oh, is this um? Is it still nine a.m.? Uh, it's nine fifty right now. Oh my gosh! Okay, so is it like the default one move is one minute? Yes. Okay. Can um, we note the stains? Yeah. Note stains. You write, linoleum countertop is stained, clean with an abrasive oxidizing solution in the notepad. Uh, two points. You're down to 23 below. Burr. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's indigo prophecy cold. I don't get that joke. Yeah, I heard the crickets. Um, did you ever play uh, David, is it David Cage's indigo prophecy? No. Well, it was a reference to that. <laughs> is it cold in that game? It gets very cold. Is that a text game or a, something else? It's it's a graphical. It's um. He's the guy who did Heavy Rain, right? Yeah, I think so this, this was guy his... just makes games about weather. Yes. Okay. Weirdo. Yeah. I think this was his game immediately before Heavy Rain. Oh, okay. It's very weird. Have you guys Any played relation? Change Change in the Weather? That was one of Andrew Plotkin's early games. Oh, yeah, I I've know played that's that. A... Yeah, I know that's a big, uh, famous, popular one, but I haven't played it yet. It's, yeah. like, impossible to figure out what's going on. <laughs> well, the puzzle the puzzles are very difficult in that one, yeah. but it's got some mm. nice, uh, it's got some nice mood uh, writing in it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's go. Can we know anything else? Let's examine the floor. I don't know anything else. Floor. I think uh, the dance floor is uh, the dance floor isn't very large, but you imagine it doesn't need to be. People don't come to Nikolai's to dance; they come to get soused. The floor is discolored by watermarks and mold. Hey. Note mold. Note mold. Uh, you write dance floor covered with carcinogenic mold. Apply fungicide in the notebook. A cockroach sc scuttles up the wall. We've already got the roach. I don't know what yeah. the third vermin is. I don't either. Bats. I'm hoping it's bats. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, let's go. Let's go check out the kitchen. All right. So going west. West and then uh, north. You're in the dining room, and uh, an aluminum placard. Angela is gaunt and anemic. She struggles to remain alert. That's okay. Kitchen was north <laughs> of here. It's okay for you. It's not so okay for Angela. Let's go north. Right. I I could I could give a flying flip about Angela. <gasps> All right. Galley kitchen. You are in the galley kitchen about eight feet long and just wide enough for one person to turn around. On the south side facing the dining room is a wooden prep table. Uh, on the left end of the prep table is a mini fridge, and on the right end is a steam table. Opposite the prep table is a flat grill. Dried rivulets of grease ooze down the wall from the overhead vents. A narrow aisle winds north into the darkness. That All right. Is, we think that grease is a violation. Yeah. All right. Note grease. Uh, you write, use a grill brick to clean the flat grill in the notebook. Okay. 
Um, what about the prep table? You want me to note it or examine it? Let's examine it and then note it for what inevitably <laughs> is on it. <laughs> All right, we examine it. This prep table looks like it may have been nailed together on site from 2x4s and plywood. The cutting surface is scarred with knife marks and grime, providing multiple rich environments for bacterial growth. Beneath the prep table is a storage shelf. You, uh, you note a rat out of the corner of your eye. Oh, a rat is not a mouse. No, nor is it a cockroach. So we better note the rat and then note the prep table. All right, note the rat. You write coal exterminator in the notebook. You find all three vermin. Yay! Um, Achievement unlocked. (laughs) What do we win? Oh, I didn't implement anything special for that. Sorry. Next time. Uh, Note table. Uh, Was it note counter? Note counter. What was it called? Prep table? Prep table, yeah. You're right. Replace prep table with fresh, undamaged cutting board in the notebook. You're down to 31 points. Um, can we... There's a mini fridge? Yep. I bet there's another hand in there. Can we open that up? Open fridge. The fridge is a few degrees colder than the rest of the room. It contains a rotting head of lettuce. Oh, just a head of lettuce. Um, can we get a note out of the fridge and the lettuce? Note fridge. You see nothing noteworthy about the fridge. I'm going to examine the lettuce because I remember that being one of my favorite lines of text. <laughs> right. here. Examine lettuce. The lettuce is more brown than green and barely a solid. Oh. Wow. Yeah. yeah, let's note that. <laughs> note lettuce. You're right. Produce has been stored past its expiration in the notebook. Yes, it has. Um, what else was in here? Look, uh, galley kitchen, eight feet long, wide enough to turn around. Dining room, wooden prep table. Prep table is a mini fridge, and on the right end is a steam table. Oh, let's examine the steam table. Examine steam table. A curved aluminum lid covers the steam table. Lift it. Open lid. A cloud of hot steam rises out of the table. The table contains a kettle. Look in kettle. All right. Examine kettle. Last night's gravy is now dry and plastered to the bottom of the kettle. Uh, Let's note that. Note kettle. You're right. Gravy kettle has not been washed in the notebook. Okay. Uh, Let's go north into the darkness. All right. You're in the darkness. It is pitch black and you can't see a thing. We are Jenny? likely to be eaten by a Gru, Ryan. Yes? I was going to make a Gru joke. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Real creative, Ryan and Jenny. Woo! Minus uh, two points. <laughs> Actually, in that the uh, the Pascal's Wager game that I told you about earlier, one of the one of the few clever puzzles in there <laughs> is a. Uh, um, I've got this flint and steel spark lighter. And you can take it in a dark room and you can uh, you can spark it, but it only lights the room for one instant and then the lights mm. go out again. And uh, so you can't really do much with it, but it allows you to, I don't know, it allows you to get a brief glimpse of the room. 
And can you like see the exits? You can see the move? yeah, you can see the exits with that. No, there's no flint and steel in this game, so you'll have to just paw through the dark. Oh no. Um, I don't think I want to paw through the dark. No, I would rather find a light source. <laughs> before you run into additional hands. Yeah. Now, we keep on intimating spoilers of what's going to happen into this game, so I'll explain. <laughs> this game is about finding lots and lots of hands. <laughs> <laughs> and you've only found one so far. Yeah. So our our real score, the hidden score, is one. Yeah. Woo. One hand out of 99. <laughs> well, while you guys are... Yes. Pausing to pausing to plan your next move, I'll tell you another story about this plate, the real place that this was based on. Um, I, <laughs> I was uh, one of several cooks working there, although we each only we each had our own shift. So you know, I'd run into the morning cook, and he'd say goodbye and go home. And um, I it didn't it only took me about two two weeks before I was the longest lasting cook in the place. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, one of the guys who worked there, who the the uh, he he stopped coming to work. He missed work a couple of days. And then a week later, he came back and he said, do I still have my job? And the, the owner was like, no, where, where have you been? And he's like, I was in jail. And the owner didn't believe him. And I was thinking, well, what, you know, what excuse, what do you think he was doing that would be worse than having been in jail? <laughs> what was he trying to cover up? Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'll just tell him I was in jail. <laughs> I suppose he could have been on a bender for a week. That would have been not, not too much better. But mm-hmm. well, you want to leave the darkness? Uh, yeah, let's yeah, leave, let's leave, let's the, leave darkness. the darkness. Let's go okay. back south. South here in the kitchen. Uh, there's not like a light switch in here. That would make any dang sense. Um. So, have we seen any like shelves? That we could open up and find torches in them. Mm. Uh, let's see. Uh, X shelf. A warped plywood shelf below the prep table provides space for the grill cook to cast off his soiled cooking implements. On the storage shelf are a pair of tongs, a pot, and a fry pan. Oh, we're going to oh. need those tongs for sure. Yeah. Take yeah. tongs. Taken. Um, let's examine the fry pan. X pan. A black cast iron fry pan. In the fry pan are some blackened chips of bacon. Uh, we can note that. Yeah. Note bacon. You see nothing noteworthy about the bacon. Note pan. You write, fry pan is soiled with bacon grease. Let me, actually, I want to step in here and write eat bacon, because I don't remember if I made it edible. <laughs> okay. Uh... Yeah, first taking the blackened chips. The bacon chips are burned, rancid, and cold. So, let's eat it. It's eaten, yeah, I guess so. Oh my gosh. Hey. I can't believe we did that. That's one of the perks (laughs) of being a health inspector. (laughs) Free bacon. (laughs) I bet we could eat that lettuce. Oh god, let's try it. Eat lettuce. First, taking the rotted head of lettuce. The lettuce oozes and drips between your fingers, but somehow you manage to swallow a solid piece. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> you no, doubt it? No. You doubt it would have tasted any better coated with Angela's salad dressing. Oh, note me. Yeah. You see nothing noteworthy about yourself. I think that the abyss gazed also into us. Oh, wow. That took a turn. This is one of those uh, games where, you know, the the whole point is in tricking the player into doing these <laughs> terrible things. And then uh, I don't I don't know what the, the upshot of that is. Well, I had, you know, I actually did, the the grill is implemented also. It's not worth trying right now because it's kind of boring, but you can turn it on and off. And mm-hmm. I remember one play tester commenting, why can't I cook the hand? They want to put the hand on the well. grill and cook it. That, was a, that would have been a level of simulation that I wasn't ready to implement. Yeah. Can we eat the hand? Uh, you don't have it with you right now. No, because I oh, didn't right, because Ryan didn't want to pick it up. <laughs> I'll take I you back now if you want to try it. Yeah, let's try it. All right, go south. Okay, something new has happened in the dining room here. Oh. Okay. Um, Angela is gone to anemic. She struggles to remain alert. Nikolai pokes his head out from the top office. Angela, be a peach and pick me up some bread from the food pantry. Angela looks puzzled. You mean the Fifth Avenue Mission? Of course that's what I mean. Our regular bread company won't deliver here anymore. Just go to the food pantry and fill your car. I can't take food from a homeless shelter? Nikolai's face turns red. We need bread, and you can get it free from the mission. Tell them you're a homeless wench. Tell them you've got 12 screaming brats to feed. I don't care. If you don't go there, then go to the store and pay for the bread with your own money, but don't come back without it. Angela lowers her head. She looks like she's about to cry. As Angela leaves the restaurant, you notice a small flashlight fall off her keychain. Yes! Let's <laughs> grab that. Can we note crimes? <laughs> <laughs> no crimes. Uh, not implemented. You can't no, see such Unethicality. <clears throat> Can we know Angela? <laughs> no Angela. I think she's left already. She's left. Mm. Oh, you can't note a thing that's not around. Yeah. Could we okay. have noted her if we had gotten to it before she left? Uh, probably, but I don't think she's. I don't think she's noteworthy. I don't remember. Okay. Uh, let's take that flashlight. Take flashlight. And let's go back and investigate the the darkness. Okay. Uh, galley kitchen and then back into the darkness. Turn on light. Uh, a narrow beam of light pierces the dusty air. A narrow, this is the winding hall. A narrow hall twists and winds from the prep kitchen south to the dish room north. A walk-in refrigerator is west of here. During every dinner shift, smoke from the kitchen drifts down this hall and deposits an oily film against the brown wall. Hey. Uh, there's a couple of other things. Mounted on the wall is a first aid kit. A formidable buffalo chopper is parked against one corner of this twisting labyrinth. This machine probably harbors more than 100 varieties of pathogens and therefore deserves quite careful attention. Yeah, I'm afraid of this object. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have to proceed. Um, well, we can proceed however we want because we can undo. Um, but I'm going to be scared. Okay. Um, let's examine the buffalo chopper first of all. Examine chopper. 
The chopper is old, covered in rust. Drops of fresh blood leak out from the food trough in places where it is rusted completely through. The device has an on-off button, and the rotating trough, which is designed to carry large volumes of food past a stationary blade. It isn't quite large enough to accommodate a full-sized buffalo, but a rabbit or a small dog, perhaps. The buffalo chopper is switched off. Can we note blood? Note blood. You can't see such a thing. Yeah. Um, let's see. I remember opening it up. Can you open it this up? This is from my from my experience again, based on what this was. Uh, this is this buffalo chopper. I remember fondly. This is where we made the uh, scordalia and the hummus in that chopper. Ah. So, open it. Open chopper. The cover is held in place by a large screw. Okay. Well, that, I mean, we can just find a, a screwdriver or something. Or possibly use the uh, keychain end of the keychain flashlight. <laughs> Probably has a, um, you know, an end that fits the screw. I know how things work. <laughs> Why don't I just put in turn screw? Um, the screw is rusted in place. Your only other alternative for inspecting the blade is to reach in the trough. Oh, I don't want to do that. But then again, I didn't want to eat that lettuce. <laughs> okay. Reach into trough. Reach in trough. All right. Now, well, now you're advancing the game. You guys have played this before, so you know this is advancing the game. You reach under the cover of the trough and cautiously poke around. Wedged against the blade is a pulpy mass of sinewy entrails. Ew! With, with some effort, you jerk the entrails free from the blade. Suddenly, and without warning, the buffalo chopper roars to life. Your sleeve catches against the rusty blade, which stalls momentarily, but seizes your arm deeper into the device. Then the blade spins once again. At first, you're not even sure what has happened, but you hear a crunching noise, and you feel faint from a sudden drop in blood pressure. With a rush of endorphins, you yank your arm free from the buffalo chopper and collapse on the floor. You are missing a hand. If you don't act quickly, you will die. See, Ryan, oh. we should have taken that hand from the other room. And for what it's worth, Nikolai's sanitation rating has dropped 10 points. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to open the first aid kit. Okay, open first aid kit. You fight against searing pain to perform even the simplest actions. You open the first aid kit and revealing a tourniquet. Wear a tourniquet. <laughs> Wear a tourniquet. You fight against excruciating pain to perform even the simplest actions. Fighting against the most severe pain, you twist the tourniquet into place. The flow of blood gradually ceases. A moment later, your right hand and the entrails which had been blocking the blade are ejected from the chopper at high velocity. They land on the floor nearby. See, Jenny, that's a right hand. Okay. Oh, the other one was the left hand? Yeah. Oh. I think, again, as far as advancing the art of interactive fiction, this may be the only game where uh, the player is able to survive an amputation. Yeah. Hey. Okay, I think we should take our hand with us. <laughs> take hand. Taken. Uh, five point drop. <laughs> <laughs> we should also take the entrails. Yeah. Take entrails. 
taken. Uh, another five-point drop. You're down to 57 points down. <laughs> like and, it matters uh, at this point. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now we should, um, I guess, check out the walk-in fridge. Okay, that was north of here? No, that was west of here. A refrigerator. Nikolai's walk-in refrigerator is kept a few degrees above zero degrees Celsius. The tight dimensions of this poorly lit unit induce a sense of claustrophobia. The textured metal walls are splashed with now dry remnants of long-ago dinner specials. The exit back to the winding hall is east. A five-gallon soup cauldron is pushed carelessly into one corner. A four-tier wire shelf supports an assortment of hotel pans in varied sizes and depths. Um, let's look in that soup thing. X cauldron. The soup cauldron is made of aluminum. It is covered. Open cauldron. You are aghast to discover a severed foot festering in the bottom of the cauldron. Okay. I am not as aghast as I might have been. No, <laughs> like earlier tonight. Yeah. Can you imagine this guy? <laughs> like his arm gets, his hand gets chopped off. He squeezes to turn the turn around. He enters the freezer and he sees, oh my gosh, a foot. A foot. That's the last straw and then he faints. I just picked up some entrails. <laughs> well, I, again, with, you know, some of the, some of the uh, reviews that I read of this game, people were questioning the uh, player's motives after a while. <laughs> yeah, I am kind of wondering why we're still here. Because um, it's rad. Uh, let's take the foot. I'm, I'm going to take the foot here. All right, yeah, Nicola, take the foot. Again, five more points taken. Yeah. Um, where are we keeping all of this stuff? I guess you're carrying it in your one hand. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's... Uh, I bet there's more things to note in here. Yeah, do we look on the shelves yet? Note shelves. Uh, X shelf. The tiered wire shelf takes up the back wall of the tight walk-in. That is to say, it's not very wide. Um, uh, there were some hotel pans. X pans. pans. X pans. Examined pans. The refrigerator is loaded with hotel pans carrying leftovers from long ago. Note pans. Your writing hand has been amputated. You need to find your way back to the car and get some help. Oh. I don't think that that's what I'm going to do. That's one of the endings, right? It's just drive away? Uh, it, it could be. There are several points in the game where you could drive away. but. Um, that... I think was one of the things that inspired the way I approached endings in taco fiction, uh, where, uh, you could just get in the car and give up at any point. Um, and I think that that's a really cool thing. In my opinion, a cool thing that I do all the time yeah. <laughs> is to let the player, um, choose to end the story by abdicating responsibility. I think that that means something important, uh, ludonarratively. Yeah. And we'll yeah, discuss I'd... that in detail. And now we've just got, oh, did you have something to say? Oh, I was just going to say, no, I agree with that. I like the idea of multiple endings, and this game has quite a few of them. So Yeah. Cool. We should warn listeners that 
there's no way they're going to hear all the different ways things can turn out in this game. So you should play it yourself and see how many things you can note before your hand gets cut off. Yeah. Maybe be more careful with your hand than we were. Although Ryan's a lefty, so he's really cavalier about his right hand. I was really imagining that if we wanted to note something after we got our hand cut off, that we could just like hold down the notebook pad on our thigh with our yeah. stump. And then use the left hand. Although we can't, well, we're not very good with our left hand at all. I, if I had been a more culturally sensitive author, I could have asked at the beginning, "Are you a right-handed player or a left?" Oh yeah. Player? Oh yeah. Although we were talking you... about that yesterday about customizing your character, <laughs> and how you should never, you should just be Tony Hawk in every game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, um, have I told you in Super Mario Maker? Mm. Um. You know you can, uh, like, when you're using the stylus on the the gamepad, um, your a hand shows up on the TV screen, uh-huh. pointing a stylus at wherever that is, and you can customize the hand to be various skin colors and or to be like a dog's hand or a cat's hand wow. or Mario's hand, and that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but then I was like, heck. Uh, I'm left-handed, and all these people are right-handed, you <laughs> sons of guns. So you can be a right-handed dog, but not a left-handed human. So, the thing is, mm-hmm. if you are using the uh, the two joysticks on either side of the gamepad, do the same thing of scrolling around the thing. Um, and if you're using the right-handed joystick, then it detects that you must be using your left hand for the stylus, and it switches oh. automatically. Ooh. Super classy. That's pretty good. So I think that instead of artlessly asking the player, are you right-handed or left-handed, Doug, you should instead have detected (laughs) which was resting more heavily on the keyboard. Yeah, yeah, the the pressure pressure sensitivity of the... Which shift key they're using. Yeah. Wait, do you... Ryan, what shift key do you use? I um I used to use the right shift key exclusively. Okay. Um then the uh uh like the keyboard on this is getting old and that one doesn't work as well. So now I have to use the left shift key exclusively. Okay. Or I could uh, maybe I could you could leave a pair of two pairs of scissors in the front. <gasps> and uh, you're required to cut something. And uh, so you cut it with the left-handed scissors or the right-handed scissors? scissors. Yeah, yeah, this is good. Like in Leather Goddesses of Phobos, but with scissors. Oh, that's right. In that game, you could, you'd could you identify your gender by walking into one bathroom or the other, wouldn't you? Yeah, and it would assume that you would only walk into the bathroom of a gender that you identified with. Right, right. Well, and now with the 21st century, it's all, it's all up in the air again, so... Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you going to use? Yeah, we better just stick with the unisex bathrooms because they're easier to implement. <laughs> maybe maybe instead you should... Uh, but I know that like later on it becomes important whether a hand is the right or left hand, but you could have, in the description of getting your hand chopped off, say, your writing hand gets caught in the buffalo chopper, yeah. your well, writing you- hand is cut off, you and could, then, except that the other hand is in the ice sink, and so that one's described. I, th- I think the one in the ice sink is described as a left hand. Yeah, but if so, you didn't, if we weren't concerned with whether uh, a hand was left or right for other purposes, we could have just said the important could, hand at every point. You or could wait, say, wait, 
Huh. The, we could say that the one in the ice sink uh-huh. is corresponds to your non-dominant hand. That was what I was going to suggest. Yes. Yeah, because that's how I classify the world. I look at hands and I'm like, this this does not correspond to my dominant hand. I think for release two, mm-hmm. you have a lot to work to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I can, um, let's go back to the, uh, I'm going to get out of the refrigerator. We're going to go back to the front hall here. Dining room. Uh, oh, something else new is happening in the dining room. Um an aluminum placard is fixed to the door. Since the last time you were here, Nikolai has managed to transport himself down those tre- treacherous steps into the dining room. He sits on one of those tiny dining room chairs, which appears barely capable of supporting his weight. Angela has returned from her bread run. She sits across Nikolai's lap, scarcely conscious, with just a trace of blood dribbling from her twin, the twin bite marks on her neck. Nikolai looks up from her neck with blood stains on his own fat face. You're next, Mr. Health Inspector. I knew you'd cause me trouble when you walked in here. Since your last tour through Nikolai's dining room, Nikolai has locked and barred the front door to prevent your escape. Uh oh. So, to answer your question, can you just get in your car? No. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Hmm. But, okay, so another designer note here. You'll notice this. there's a mirror up above. And mm-hmm. I remember before I, t- I was talking about the implementing the windows and how I had really gone overboard in implementing that window. And I should have just focused the player's attention on the, the one thing that was important. And here with the mirror, I made the same mistake. If you look at the mirror, mm-hmm. it, it, tries to, it tries to describe everything in the room and does a really bad job of that. Uh, and it describes the people who should not be reflected from. So, oh, um, and my my purpose for putting the mirror there in the first place was to uh, as a vampire detector, if you will. And then I never actually implemented it. It's uh, it's now oh. just a mirror that does a bad job of reflecting things. Um, here, let me look at X mirror, X mirror. In the mirror, you see the window is scratched but intact. An aluminum placard is fixed to the front door. About 12 tables are closely spaced within a small location. Dozens of identical chairs are pushed snug against four top tables. You also see Angela's body, Nikolai, and yourself. So it's really awkwardly (laughs) written. And um, all I really needed to say is, you know, the dirty table reflects everything in the room but and then list the things that it doesn't reflect. And that would have been yeah. would have been better writing, I think, and would have achieved a better purpose. Right. So. Because I think it might be safe to assume that Nikolai is a vampire at this point. Yeah, I didn't think that was a spoiler at this point. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, huh. Uh, let's go... Um, let's go, well, I happen to know where the thing we need to go to is, so let's go, uh, well, no, let's go east and get those, that hand. All right, so go east, get hand, you got the hand. And then go west, and then go north, and then go north, and then... in the winding uh, hall, and and north. north again. All right, now you're in the dish room, a new location. On entering the dish room, you are overwhelmed by the astringent smell of fresh bleach, you would welcome this as evidence of sanitation, except that in such high concentrations, bleach is actually toxic. Already, you're feeling a little nauseous. 
A hole winds south into the darkness. A manhole-sized drain cover is set in the floor. A warped wooden door is set into the cement north wall. The door is sealed tight. The largest fixture in this location is a straight-unit dish machine with a stainless steel dish table on either side. On the dish table is a dish rack in which are some serving ware. Again, there's the awkward, uh, you know, standard formatting of the informed parser, I yeah. think. I hate that thing. And everyone yeah. <laughs> gets ticked off when you try to subvert it. Yeah. Um, let's see. Let's uh, examine the serving ware. I'm still trying to note things, even though I don't have a hand. <laughs> <laughs> Plates, cups, saucers, and silverware populate the dish rack. None of it looks as if it's been cleaned recently. Um, I guess, uh, well, that door might be the way out. So let's try to open that, even though it's sealed shut tight. All right, North, you lack a key that fits the alley door. But it is the alley door. It is the so alley it is door. our method of escape. Um, let's... Uh... Now, back to the designer notes here. Um, mm. The actual restaurant that this was based on, there was no alley door back there. But behind, in the real restaurant, behind a mop closet... Uh, there was this door that was kind of cracked into a performance space next door. And when it was slow uh, at the restaurant, which was most of the time, we would go back there and we would peek through the crack in the door and we'd watch, uh, you know, they'd do Morris dancing or yoga or wow. drum circles or whatever was going on back there. We could watch it. That's the crack awesome. In the door. Rad. <laughs> um. So then, psychologically, this door, in reality, represented an escape from your terrible job. And that is reflected here as the door represents an escape from vampires. I like that, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's open that manhole. Open cover. Uh, you open the drain cover. A mouse runs in circles, then races away. Via con Dios, mouse. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh, let's descend down into the drain. There's crypt. The edges oh. and it's this is the new location down into the crypt. The edges and corners of this brown room are rounded by accumulated cobweb nets, making it look more like a small cave than an urban underground. Moldy pylons and concrete extrusions resemble stalagmites. Wet cardboard boxes stacked along the wall contain empty, unrecycled liquor bottles. The humid air smells of death. You could escape through the drain pipe in the ceiling. At the center of the room is a three-foot-by-six-foot sealed crepe composed mostly of particle board. I'm going to open that crate. Sure. Open I don't even crate. care. <clears throat> Your first reflex is to gag. Inside is the disembodied, uh, dismembered body of an adult female. Her arms and legs have been removed, her abdomen sliced open and disemboweled. Where her eyes were once, empty sockets remain. Having been drained entirely of blood, her skin is now pale as the clean cotton bedsheet draped across her pelvis. I have a very vivid memory of playing this game uh, 
right after my family. I was playing it on my iPod Touch as mm -hmm. our family, my family, uh, exited the Chinese restaurant. We were driving <laughs> home. And I got to this part and I was like, whoa! I was super excited. And my parents were like, what? And I decided not to tell them. That's a good plan. Uh, oh, here's more, too. She lifts her head and knocks it three times against the bottom of the box. But no, you must have imagined that. She is dead. Quite dead. <coughs> uh, let's um, see. I don't know how we would have figured this out if we were playing this for the first time. Mm -hmm. But let's put the guts in the box. All right. Put uh, entrails in box. Uh, yeah, this one, this was really hard to implement. Put the entrails in box. You put the entrails in the box. Um, I think what we want is to put the entrails into her. Okay. Oh, okay. Put entrails into woman. Take entrails. It was a lot of trouble programming this little puzzle. I bet. Put entrails in body. You hear the slurp and gurgle of aspirating fluids as each organ settles into its proper location. Peristolic waves shiver through the newly reformed intestines. The heart murmurs. Even the lungs gasp for another breath. Then, as if these miracles weren't startling enough, the entire abdomen zips shut. <laughs> nothing more than a scar. Nice. To your shock and horror, the woman whispers, Thank you. My name is Sophia Koziar. I would appreciate if you could find the rest of me. Okay. Jenny. Uh-huh. That name, coincidentally, <gasps> is very similar to the name oh. of an unrelated person whom we yes. read about in the newspaper. Yes, that missing woman. Yeah. Who had nothing read. to do with us read as newspaper. a city senator. You read, Sophia Kosiar, a dancer at Hannibal's Exotic Review, disappeared early Friday morning after leaving her place of employment. Ms. Kosiar immigrated to the U.S. from the Ukraine on a student visa seven years ago and then remained in this country illegally after completing her bachelor's degree in fine arts. Police have no leads in this investigation. Maybe we should show this article to her. Oh, wait, she doesn't have she eyes. She doesn't have eyes. I remember where her eyes are, but I don't think we can get there at the moment. Um, I think we can get there. Listen, readers. <laughs> think think how, mu how horrible it must have been for us to know, to remember that Sophia's eyes were in the gutter outside. Mm -hmm. And to have to not make any mention of them for fear of spoiling the twist. Uh-huh. Uh, well, now the game that you... Yeah? The, it's the game is playable with or without the eyes, so. She, oh, okay. Yeah, you don't need the eyes to. Uh, I I don't think well, win is the right word, but you don't. I, need I, the eyes I to... feel bad. <laughs> um, I bet she can find some other eyes. <laughs> she behaves. She will behave somewhat differently without her eyes. I think that is classy. Yeah, that's yeah. realistic. Um. Uh, can we put the uh? hands and foot that we have on her just i know that she doesn't have arms or legs so maybe that's a bad idea right they might sew up in a ridiculous fashion <laughs> a little penguiny and t-rexy yeah yeah i should have implemented that um <laughs> No, you need the arms and legs. So you put the severed right hand into the particle board crate. Nothing happens. Okay. 
I don't remember where the arms and legs are. I, I do think it's uh, uh, a cool move to make us give her our hand. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, that's going to happen later, readers, listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Spoilers. Or do you want um, some? Do you want a hint? Oh yeah. Um. Actually, there's a there's an adaptive hint system in here that's pretty good. Um, I forgot all about that. Yeah. What lies below the dish room? How do I exit? How do I exit north of the dish room? There we go. Uh, one. You need to find the key in Nikolai's office. Oh, okay. So you need to go to Nikolai's office. Um, then let's uh, go back to the dining room and go up the stairs as Nikolai just sits there and lets us enter his office, hopefully. <laughs> yeah, some reviewers complained about that. So you're back in the dining room. Nikolai is here lapping blood from Angela's neck. He shoots you a look of contempt. Go upstairs. Um, yeah, let's go upstairs. Right, up. You can contempt all you want. <laughs> Nikolai pursues you up the stairs, huffing and wheezing from the effort. You double your speed just in time to escape his reach. Nikolai is left stranded and out of breath back on the fifth step. Nikolai's office. Nikolai's office is an ill-maintained balcony skybox above his restaurant. A window looks out over the restaurant, but as you could see earlier, the dining room side is mirrored such that the employees and guests can't see in. A rickety set of steps leads back to the main floor. The plaster walls are water-stained and cracked. A single unfrosted bulb hangs from the ceiling by a loose wire. Mounds of unpaid invoices litter Nikolai's wooden desk. On Nikolai's desk is a brass key and a book. A plastic pitcher sits on the floor in the corner of the office, filled with some foamy amber liquid. Your heart is racing. I think we should have a drink of some delicious foamy amber liquid. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. All right, drink liquid. Uh, you are revolted to realize, not a moment too late, that the amber liquid is urine, not beer. You spit out the small volume which passed your lips. The aftertaste is salty and foul, but also strikingly sweet. All righty. <laughs> no, a des designer notes here. <laughs> yeah? Just because something happened in real life doesn't mean you should include it in your fiction. Uh, <laughs> the, no, I never drank it, but uh, the owner really did have a piss bucket up in his no! office. No! Wow. Yes. Uh, like but, in a beer mug? Uh, yeah, it was a beer mug. And then why? he had a, he had a, because uh, he, he couldn't go up and down the stairs. Well, sure, but why a beer mug? Why something <laughs> that a person might look at and mistake for delicious beer? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But anyway, it was a case, it is a case, I think, where one should not borrow too liberally from reality, because <laughs> uh, you can look at this scene and you can say, that's not realistic, even though you've bought into the whole idea that there's a vampire in the basement. Uh-huh. You know, somehow the supernatural elements are more real than uh, than this bit of, you know, borrowed reality. No, I have who, that problem all the believe, time. Yeah. Uh-huh. What was the thing we were talking about? Uh, um, that what that uh, you shouldn't. Not there was some other um, like totally just one hundred percent reality detail that I added in some game, and I think it was something we played on the podcast. And it was another thing where. 
people just didn't believe that it was real. Or like, oh, I have a note here. This isn't something that I included in the game. But this is a note that I found. It's a note addressed to someone. And it says, uh, Adobe needs a serial from 9, not 7. It wants to uninstall 7 to put 9 on. Blah, blah, blah. Thanks, Matt. P.S. Password for laptop is... <laughs> and then it just writes the laptop password. Yeah. And if you and found if, that in a game, you'd be like, that is the least realistic thing. You'd be like, oh, I see. Yeah. You need to get way to give us the password. Uh-huh. But yeah. you did it in the laziest, yeah. fakest way possible. So well, lazy. Yeah, I mean, fiction is tricky that way because you have to convince the reader that it's true and just presenting facts isn't necessarily convincing. Yeah. So. Anyway. Anyway. I feel like we should note the... Well, you can't. Uh, note liquid. Uh, your writing hand has been amputated. You need to find your way back to the car and get some help. Uh, but we'll take that key and uh, what was in that notebook? Read book. You read I still Lord... feel like solving a mystery. <laughs> you, know, you read Lore of the Vampires. Two chapter titles catch your attention. Vampire culture and killing vampires. Most of the remaining chapters are written in an unfamiliar Slavic language. Okay, let's learn about their culture. Yeah. <laughs> Because right, because you got nothing better to do. Yeah, <laughs> read culture. Um, <coughs> Bratislavan vampires, like their Transylvanian cousins, require nightly aliquots of blood for their continued immortality. But unlike Transylvanians, who are mostly solitary in habit, the Bratislavan vampires fight actively amongst themselves for territory, a stable of victims and general dominance. The most dominant vampire in a given territory is the arch vampire. Hmm. Uh, how do we kill vampires? Read killing. Methods for warding or killing a vampire are so widely known, they are now almost cliche. For warding, either a wreath of garlic or a wooden cross worn around the neck should effectively ward off both the Bratislavan and Transylvanian type of vampires. For killing, only a weapon made of silver has any permanent effect. Of course, one is not likely to find these implements, garlics, crosses, or silver weapons, in the vampire's own abode. That makes sense. This creates a problem for Bratislavan vampires who desire nothing so much as to kill and dominate their rivals. They achieve this without the use of a silver without the use of silver, which might be turned against them, by dismembering their opponents and scattering the remaining parts as widely as possible. Yet even this gruesome ritual is impermanent. The dismembered parts of the vampire retain their own force of will and strive to reassemble themselves by whatever means available. Okay. So now we know what's going on with Sophia Cozier. Um, yeah. And I think that this brass key is going to unlock the door to the alley. And okay. then when we're in the alley, we can just run away. <laughs> All right. So <laughs> we'll go back, to the, go back to go to alley. Go to is not actually implemented here. <laughs> um, you, walked, you walked through all the various rooms, back to the dish room. Uh, a warped wooden door is set into the cement north wall. The door is sealed tight. Try walking north again. Um, no, it's unlock. Oh, I guess. I think it's I got auto. It's got it'll, auto it'll, unlock, I yeah. think. Okay. North. First opening the alley door. First unlocking the alley door with the brass key. 
Windowless brick walls rise three stories on either side of you, blocking out most of the sunlight. The cobbled alley slopes down the hill at a dangerous pitch. You won't be able to get down to the street from here. However, as the top of the alley ends in a dead end, and the bottom is securely gated, locked from the other side. A warped wooden door is set into the brick. It leads south, back to the dish room. The door is open. A rectangular green dumpster is parked at the dead end. A greasy effluent leaks from the sides and bottom, meandering downhill between the cobbles to form a slick but irregular path. Gross. <laughs> yep. Um, let's, uh, is dumpster capitalized? No. No. <gasps> oh. Uh, let's open the dumpster. Open dumpster. You open the green dumpster, revealing a tangled mound of putrefying human limbs, a severed left arm, right arm, left leg, and right leg. Oh, hey, we found all of them. Hey. Let's, okay. let's, uh, with our hand... Pick up all of those limps. <laughs> Take all. All right, it's all taken. All right, let's uh, go south and then down, and then put those limbs in the box. Uh, put arm. Uh, put left arm in box. Almost before you release it, the left arm wriggles snake-like into location near the woman's shoulders. Muscles and sinew, then skin, all regenerate this between the, so good. the jointed limb and body. The air crackles. Your nose burns with the stench of cauterized flesh. The woman flexes her left arm. She coos. It still tingles. But honey, you must still bring me a hand. Oh, we've got a okay. hand. We have a left hand. Yeah. Put left hand in box. The air is filled with a smell of searing flesh. Muscle and tissue regenerate unnaturally to produce a whole working arm. All right. Okay. Um, put can right we put the right arm on yeah. the right... Can we put the right hand on the right arm before it's attached to the lady? Put right hand on right arm. You need to be holding the take right hand... I don't think so. Take right hand. Put right hand on right arm. Putting things on the severed right arm would achieve nothing. Yeah, that doesn't. That sounds like a okay. misleading, mm. misleading yeah. default response. Yeah. Well, let's put the arm in. All right, put right arm on. You put so your right arm in. The, you take your right arm out. <laughs> You hear a sudden crack like bone breaking in reverse. Skin and tissue then grow over the freshly attached right arm at stop action speed. The woman flexes her right arm. She coos. It still tingles, but love, you must still bring me my hand. Um, well, right hand. not your hand, but a hand. Right. Put right hand on, on right arm. Uh, let's see. Put right hand in box. It's still a little buggy here. Uh, the air is filled with a smell of searing flesh. Muscle and tissue regenerate unnaturally to produce a whole working arm. Sophia says, I like it when you talk to me. Sophia wiggles the fingers of her freshly attached right hand. She seems puzzled at first. This isn't mine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't remember. I don't remember writing that. 
puzzled at first. This isn't mine. Then she looks at the tourniquet tied to your arm and realizes the sacrifice you've made. She gushes. You did this for me? Sophia strokes you affectionately with her newly attached right hand. Are we dating now? <laughs> I'm I'm puzzled as to how she was able to see the tourniquet. Oh, oh that's true. She doesn't have That's eyes. a good question. Um yes. Let's um uh, <laughs> I guess add the 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 <coughs> one leg and the other leg and the foot. And right. we're still missing a foot. Yeah, we're still missing a foot. Put left leg in crate. Um, the left leg doesn't fit into its socket at quite the right angle. Sophia grimaces as it twists into place. The skin which grows over is purple and gangrous. But not a moment later, the gangrous stench has dissipated and the skin color fades to a mottled bruise. The woman flexes her left leg. She coos. It still tingles, but honey, you must bring me my foot. <laughs> Some good stuff. <laughs> I remember having a lot of fun writing that text. <laughs> Put left foot in crate. The air is filled with a smell of searing flesh. Muscle and tissue regenerate unnaturally to produce a whole working leg. Put right leg. Just keep going. Put yes, right do it. in crate. Does it also not go in at quite the right angle? <laughs> Uh, Sophia looks with excitement as you lower the final limb into her coffin. She leans towards you so that the right leg locks into exactly the right place. The air Phew. crackles more loudly than before, filling the entire room with the smoke and stench of cauterization. The woman flexes her right leg. She coos. It still tingles, but sugar, you must bring me my foot. <laughs> Okay, yeah. where do we think her foot is? Um, oh, I remember where it is. Tell us where the foot is, Doug. <laughs> it's up in the dish machine. <laughs> okay. Okay, let's go get it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> okay, up. Uh, you step cautiously around the open drain cover. A warped wooden door is set into the cement north wall. The door is open. The largest fixture in this location is a straight unit dish machine with a stainless steel dish table on either side. Uh, yeah, I guess we could look inside that dish machine. Maybe we'll find some bats. <laughs> the fourth uh, you can't vermin. You can't see inside since the cabinet is closed, so open dish machine. You are alarmed to find a severed right foot in the dish machine. Are we still alarmed at this point? <laughs> Evidently so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's take that foot right. and do what you normally do with feet. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Put them so on the vampire him. in the basement. And you're, and you're still losing five points for every uh, body <laughs> five. Awesome. What's the score now? You're down to 92 down. <laughs> type, I'm going to type in score. Nikolai's Bar and Grill has earned a sanitation rating of negative 92 so far. <laughs> I think this place is getting closed down. <laughs> so going down. Uh, you could escape through the drain pipe in the ceiling. At the center of the room is the three. Well, all right, we read here. Sophia lies in state. Put foot in box. Yeah. Put foot in crate. 
Okay. The severed right foot in the particle board crate. The air is filled with the smell of searing flesh. Muscle and tissue regenerate unnaturally to produce a whole working leg. Sophia's body levitates out of her coffin until she has risen nearly to the ceiling. Then she rotates upright to face you, still suspended at least four feet above the ground. You have done good work today, my little hero, and since I fancy you, I will now help you escape. But first, won't you give me a little kiss? And you can give a yes or no response. Oh, gosh. I think yes. Okay, let's do it. This is the consensus answer. All right, yes. <laughs> uh, you crane your neck to plant a light kiss on Sophia's scarred abdomen, which right now is the highest part of her that you can reach. With surprising strength, she lifts you from the ground and holds you paralyzed while she sinks her sharpened incisors into your neck. When she finally releases you, you fall limp as a ragdoll to the floor. Yet surprisingly, you feel uninjured from the fall. Sophia says, I think I might keep you around as my pet. She levitates out of this location to the dish room, then out of sight. Okay. Um. Hmm. Hmm. Are, are we vampires now? I don't know. We should go look in that mirror that doesn't work. <laughs> I just did an X me command. Mm -hmm. Only a, oh, X me. Only a bloodied stump remains where your hand used to be, tied safely for now by a tourniquet. So no longer anything about that natty tie. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're really focusing on the negative. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe I should have implemented the natty tie as an alternative to the tourniquet. Oh my hey. gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um let's uh let's follow the lady. Let's go up the All right. So we go up and then south and south and south. Now you're back at the dining room. Angela lies dead on the floor. Nikolai's remains are scattered throughout the room. Oh, here's the Okay, let me read from the top. Angela is dead on the floor. <laughs> I was going to say, that's pretty boring writing. Let's see. Angela is dead on the floor. Her life force sucked dry. Blood and other pieces of Nikolai are scattered around the room as if he had swallowed a hand grenade. The front door is blasted open. Yet there was no hand grenade which did this. The largest part of his remains have landed on a table. Sophia levitates magically above him, lapping the blood from his various wounds. She is at present unaware that you've entered the room. Dining room. An aluminum placard. Uh, Angela lies dead on the floor. Nikolai's remains scattered around the room. Sophia hovers several feet away above the dining table, lapping blood from Nikolai's remains. Uh, let's ask Sophia about vampires. Ask Sophia about vampires. The world is wide open and mysterious. Anything is possible, don't you think? Well, uh, now, uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, if we are a vampire now, which I don't know what the, uh, physics of vampire becoming are. Yeah, me either. In, for Boravian vampire. What was the name of this? Bratislavan. Bratislavan vampires yeah. uh, probably have different rules. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm afraid that if we go out into the sunlight, then we'll burst into flames. We could try it and then undo. Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, the it's, song... It's, the... 
The radio is still playing, by the way. It's the song oh, on yeah. the radio. Yeah, the song on the radio changes to "Get a Job" by the Silhouettes. <laughs> Jenny, we can't afford that. Oh. Um, real vampires don't have the luxury of undoing if they accidentally step into sunlight. That's true. But, so it's kind of insensitive for us to pursue this uh, this plan. But let's go south. 19th Street. Okay. Okay. Um, Should uh, we get in the car? <laughs> Intercar? Is that what you wanted to do? Uh, I think I so. I can think of how to get to some different endings from here, but I think... I think we've been traumatized enough for one morning. Yeah. Uh, I think we've also got some other places to inspect. That's All right. true. <laughs> what, wait, what time is it? What time is it? Oh, you mean on the clock? 11.52 yeah. a.m. it says. So you've been at it for two hours. Okay. Three hours. Almost nine, three. started at yeah. nine, almost three hours, yeah. yeah. A lot has uh, happened. A lot of yeah. limbs have been rearranged. Your life has changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, it says, uh, let's see, where are we? Intercar. You leap into your car and speed away as quickly as possible. One-handed driving is new to you, and you are fortunate <laughs> not to kill yourself in an accident. <laughs> A week later, Sophia appears at your apartment, uninvited, kissing you lightly on the neck. She says, I look forward to spending an eternity with you. Do you mind if I share your toothbrush? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You've acquired a new flatmate, is the ending. I was not ready for this relationship to proceed this quickly. <laughs> How did she enter the apartment uninvited? I don't know. I think she can walk through walls, maybe. Hmm. Maybe Bratislavan so, vampires don't obey that particular part of vampire lore. I guess not. Or uh, so you've entered. You've you've gotten that you've acquired a new flatmate ending. Okay. And how how many endings are there? Do you remember? I I think there's about twenty or thirty. Um, it Jeez! Wow. It depends on whether or not you've uh, been whether or not she's kissed you. Okay. Uh, it depends on whether or not you've uh, killed her, because you right. can. It is possible to get a silver cross somewhere and kill her. Um, it depend. You can kill yourself in one of the endings, and uh, you can also leave the. You can also leave the environment once you've got enough points. You can't leave immediately after starting the game, uh, but after the point where Angela drops the flashlight and before you've cut off your hand, you are able to leave and drive away. Okay. So there's a lot of different combinations. And I think also you can, um, I believe it's also possible to uh, go break a window and escape the bar that way. So even when, even after Nikolai oh. has locked the door, I think you can break a window and get out. I was thinking about that, but I couldn't think of what we would break the window yeah. with. Oh, this game makes it pretty easy to break windows. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'll uh, we'll back up, undo, and I'll just walk you through the other ending, what might be the optimal ending. I don't know. Oh, okay. So undo 19th Street, and we go north, and north, uh, north again. No. 
It's west. Okay, west. You were walking past the window to Goldschmidt's pawn shop on the north side of 19th Street. Although the shop is closed right now, the window provides a neat display of hawked merchandise. Nikolai's Bar and Grill is to the east. To the west, the neighborhood becomes even seedier. Goldschmidt's is closed for the day. The door is locked. Um, let's break that window. Let's break that window. Well, we should look in it first. Oh, oh the window. <laughs> this is a formal plan. <laughs> All right. Through the window, you see Goldschmidt's pawn shop. The carefully arranged display includes a letter opener, a saxophone, and a baby's crib. Okay. Examine the letter opener. X letter opener. Uh, the letter opener appears to be made of sterling silver. A crucifix scene is cast in the handle. Yeah. Um, right. Let's take saxophone. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Jenny was never allowed to follow her dreams. <laughs> Take so back. The window prevents you from reaching in. What is that? I thought you broke the window. Oh, you didn't break the window yet. Oh, right, right. Yeah. You wouldn't let okay. us. All right. You were like, let's do things in the proper order. Let's establish a reason to break this window. All right, break window. Break window. The window shatters, dropping shards of glass on both sides. Okay, let's take the letter opener. I don't... Okay. Now you got me curious. You hear the wail of distant sirens. <gasps> mm -hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. Because we're on a timer now. Yeah. Okay. So we don't have time to play the saxophone. I mean, right. you do, but you'll go to prison. <laughs> well, it's I, worth it. I'll try playing sax, and then we can undo that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's your take sax, uh, play sax... The somber notes of the saxophone echo down the empty street. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay, now let's go murder a vampire. Okay, so south, undo. East, north, uh, kill Sophia with sure. opener. Sure. Though it feels awkward to strike with your left hand... And there's my left handism again. <laughs> um, though it feels awkward to strike with your left hand, the letter opener slides into Sophia's chest as easily as a hot knife through butter. Sophia's mouth drops. Her expression speaks a sense of betrayal. Then her body is overcome with epileptic seizures. You are deafened by a momentary blast of thunder. Sophia has disintegrated. Nothing remains but fly-sized specks of blood and tissue painted against the walls and ceiling. You race to your car to vacate the neighborhood before the police arrive. You read in a newspaper the next day that police are unable to explain the carnage and gore they discovered at Nikolai's Bar and Grill that morning. Police are still looking for the culprit. As for you, you are happy to have destroyed a coven of vampires. It is a shame that you have become afflicted by the means of Sophia's kiss. Now every night you find yourself trolling the streets for your own stable of victims. You have won. Ooh. Hey! Afflicted. That's the name of the yeah. game. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. there's two endings, and players at home can try the others. Yeah. That's awesome. This game is so good. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for bringing it to us yeah. on the podcast Clash of the Typins. Podcast okay. of the Typins is 
Oh, man. I was going to do a fake sponsor joke, but I can't think of anything. And I also said podcast of the Clytons. <laughs> how, about, how about, can I do one? Yeah, Sponsor, yeah, yeah. Sponsored by Nikolai's Bar and Grill. <laughs> a place where friends come to meet. Drink some urine today. <sighs> Thanks, Doug. Thanks for writing well, thank the you. thing. Thank you for inviting me. It was fun to revisit that game.